TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Way back and gone! Touch them all! It's Touch Them All. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying Touch Them All. It is Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makloff, Derek Wetmore opposite me. You can listen to us at uh, scorenorth.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's easy. It's all at score, S-K-O-R, North. It's your favorite baseball podcast. Just put on the airwaves. Derek, we've just expanded. Touch them all. We're growing. We're, we're building our audience. We're building our little group of people who like hearing about baseball in January, and I love it. Because we just can't get enough baseball. <laughs> There's not, there isn't a month in the year, I was just thinking about this the other day, there isn't a month in the year where I'm bored of baseball. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll fully confess, that happens with other sports, I'm like, I don't really care too much about the NFL draft, and hockey is a pretty long regular season. Baseball, I'm like, yeah, whatever, any month, there's always something. Same here. June, yeah, let's go. T- give me give me that weekend series, Twins and Royals at Target Field. I'll take that every single day. Which is why we're here. And I said we brought it to the airwaves of 50 and 100. You can always listen to it at scorenorth.com. And if you want to get in on the conversation, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at scorenorth. And I'm I'm still sort of the, the new guy to the market and to the station, Derek. I didn't know that it was an annual rite of passage that uh, the, the, the Twins fans and Twins media have a debate about Twins payroll. And I, I got here just <laughs> yeah, in time yeah. for that this year. Good. As I, I witnessed Phil doing it on Twitter. Yes. And then heard Phil doing it on the Mackie and Judd with Rami show, which is every weekday at 4 here on Score North. And we should say, too, I mean, Phil's kind of the epicenter of it. Yes. He's, he's made himself a lightning rod for it. It does he's happen. He's done this to himself. That's right. right. I, that's what I was trying to get at. Like, <laughs> It's not that people just pick on Mackie and they're like, I hate this guy. He's like... Comes to the microphone, cracks it open, and he's like, I've got a take that you're going to hate. <laughs> and and Manny, Manny, you can back me up on this, yes. but Phil relishes that role, I think, it was certainly more than confirmed. me. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, let's go. Roll up the sleeves. Who's ready to fight today? <laughs> so where do you fall in the Twins payroll debate? Are they cheating the fans? Are, are, they, are they shorting the fans who come out and support this team and who give their hard-earned tax dollars to build and, and maintain Target Field? I, it's, to me, it's not about the tax dollars. It's, yeah, publicly funded stadiums. Me neither. I'm I, just putting it all out I'm there. I'm against yeah. those. I don't, I think we shouldn't be doing it, but it's done. It's now not something that's open for debate. It's a shut case. So moving beyond that, I think baseball as a whole, like you look at all the teams, I think they're doing the fans a disservice by exploding revenue, not then filtering down to the product, which is the players. You can argue as much as you want that the product is the presentation of the players and it's the it's the tech that allows them to get into fans pockets on their cell phones on their tablets that's the that's what we're selling here no that enhances the product rami if you and i got together with manny and danny cunningham and matthew Collin, we put together a squad of 25 of our closest friends right and battled a similar squad from madison wisconsin it's not an entertainment product. No one's coming to watch Even that. Even if you have all that technology. I can tell you right now, I played in a hardball, charity hardball <laughs> okay. league back in Milwaukee. Of, <laughs> yeah. There was a bunch of hipsters who were bringing sure. their beers and cigarettes Good. out to the field with them. Good. And uh, no, nobody came to watch other than close family and friends. Well, but you didn't have the technology arm that right. allowed That's baseball true. revenues we to did, explode. We didn't have the at-bat app. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) for our drunken hardball league. Exactly. (laughs) And so that's where I fall on this is not like, hey, the twins need to be maximizing revenue going towards the product because we've seen over the past 25 years that free agency investment is generally a bad bet. And my kin have really driven that point home. Stats nerds have been like, you should never pay free agents because they never pay off in wins per dollar. <laughs> they talk just like that? They do. I do too. So I'm just kind of... They talk of... like the professor from The Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, yes. I had no idea. Uh, was that Freud? Uh, <laughs> Freud or something like that. But anyways, there's this, like, I am in that club, so I can make fun of it. We have driven this. That's not. That's just not a good value proposition you you shouldn't pay robinson cano for that 10 years or whatever it's gonna look like a bad contract by the end well yeah okay but to what end then you would always just say well you shouldn't pay anybody that's not in his first six years of service unless he's a hall of famer i feel like in in the modern free agency climate of baseball if you're going to get a top-notch player and especially it's especially the case with pitchers you're almost never going to get the value of that contract on the back half of it. Right. So you when, pay up front. When you when you go and sign and the Cubs are a good example. They went and signed you Darvish last year and obviously year one blew up in their face, but it was a six year deal and they were probably looking at it and going Okay, we get the U Darvish that we expect for the first three years, yeah. and then years four, five, and six, he probably under for underperforms to the contract. Yeah, the way I think about it is that you get more than what you pay for in the first couple of years sure. if it works out well for you, Albert Pujols, and then you get much less than that at the back half, and you just have to calculate, hey, where am I going in the next five years, or in some cases, the next 10 years. I don't think we're going to see very many more 10-year contracts, which is why it's really interesting that Manny Machado... And Bryce Harper are free agents at twenty six, right? Because you could still like you could still see you could squint and see a ten year contract making sense for a lot of teams for those guys. But my overarching point is that if free agency is a bad investment, and your goal as a fan is to see your team win the World Series, it actually doesn't make a ton of sense to just go try and buy titles. However, if you just say that end of story, no free agents because it's a bad bet. Then, then you're just racing to the bottom, and baseball can afford to pay good players that maybe they're not the peak superstars. You don't have to win every single contract, every single transaction. That's the part that I sort of push back with modern-day baseball. Here is, And part of this is me playing devil's advocate. Part of this is me try, just trying to get the full landscape of the situation as, mm-hmm. as the new guy in town. The, the argument that I've heard against what you just said, Derek, and if you want to get in, 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Maybe I don't have to play your devil's advocate. You can just say these things to Derek yourself. Yeah. Um, is what would it hurt for, for a team that has literally no commitments to payroll beyond the 2020 season? What would it hurt to bring in a starter or a reliever on a one or a two year deal and there are plenty of guys out there on the market right now who would who would probably take that, who fit that bill as a guy who could be a solid arm out of your bullpen or a back end of the rotation guy on a one or a two year modestly priced deal that wouldn't handcuff you or strap you years down the road. What would it hurt to take that shot and maybe add two or three wins to the win yeah. total and give yourself a better chance of pushing into October? I, I push on that side, too, all the time. I look at it and I say, what? Why would you leave a hole on purpose? And I'm glad, look, the Twins haven't really done that this year. I think this offseason points to the only hole that I see on the current 25-man roster is like, I'm not sure who's in the bullpen. I'm, I'm not sure what that whole group looks like. 
You know, who are your studs that are going to be there all year? And then who are the optionable guys that you're going to be swinging up and down between the big leagues in Rochester? That's sort of incomplete to me. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I'm like, uh, okay, could you afford a better first baseman than C.J. Crone? Yeah, but C.J. Crone might have a really good year for you. Jonathan Scope, you were familiar with him last year, yeah. and probably the worst year of his professional career, but he's a good bounce-back candidate. I, I, I like what the Twins are doing there. It doesn't hurt to me if you don't have someone ready to go in that spot. It's like right now, I think, uh, you know, the the outfield is sort of a question mark because you don't know what Byron Buxton is. So would you go sign at the beginning of this winter a Michael Brantley just to make sure? You'd add a couple of wins over the uncertainty of Buxton, but that's the counter argument, the devil's advocate. What does it hurt is it robs an opportunity of a guy who, who might then take those 600 plate appearances possibly becoming a star in the process. Let's get in a call here. 651-646-8255. Tweet us at Score North. We're having the old Twins payroll conversation. It's Billy in Minneapolis. You're on Touch Em All. What's up, Billy? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I, I could talk baseball any time of the year. Like, you know, Certainly the off season is the most entertaining for me, uh, being up north, you know, yeah. Minnesota and all that. Uh, but the payroll part of it is just probably the worst because we don't really have, you know, we can't brag about free agency and all that. And I really think uh, uh, a lot of the owners, they just do it out of ego. They don't, I, I think a lot of the owners, they just kind of have a, a, a baseball team as their hobby, you know, like just something to do with their money. And, and it's all about ego to them because they certainly can't make any money when they have, you know. So it, it puts the Minnesota teams separate from, you know, the big market teams. And I also had a question for you. Who came up with uh, Touch Em All? Because I think it was John Gordon. He came in around 86 or 87, and I hadn't heard it before him, and I thought that was really a cool way to describe a home run, and I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for the call. Touch Em All, I got it from John Gordon growing up listening to Twins games as a kid. We actually got, when we first started the podcast, um, on the internet years ago, Phil and I were like, what would be a cool, make it local, have a twins tie. We thought, touch them all. John Gordon was kind enough then to voice the intro track for oh, us. That's so, awesome. so when you hear him there, we've actually, we've cut it down now as we've switched it over to score North and kind of fit more things in. But the original track, it was like a, a 30 or 60 second intro with John Gordon saying, I used to love saying touch them all. I don't know if he's the one that coined the term, so I'm not going to like, Put that on him. I've heard a lot of different markets use some variation of it, but that's where that's where it came from for the podcast. And I heard it first from John. It's funny he brought up the name of the show. My girlfriend, I told her I'm I'm hosting this this twins show. We're doing it year round. It's called yeah. Touch Them All. She had never, and she watches sports. She yeah. watches baseball. She had never heard that expression oh, before. Sure. Yeah. to describe a home run. It's insider. Yeah, we- and. She she was, she thought it had completely different implications. Yeah, that's right. And Phil loves that joke. <laughs> Phil Phil loves using that one. I kind of shy away from it. I, I look at it and I say like, you'd have to be a pretty big baseball fan or a Twins fan, right? To and, and listen to John Gordon on the radio for years and years to really know and and you know that connects with a lot of people a lot of the people we were going for so she thought we were trying to be funny and she was like are you sure are you sh- in these like, times that's pretty risky in yeah. these sensitive times that's right. <laughs> it's like no no you don't get it they had it years that's just ago how you describe a home run so they do have the there's a the john gordon touch them all booth in the press box at target field so oh, it's nice. kind of like it's kind of play on all of that stuff the other question though on on payroll to the caller's point like I don't I don't think it's necessarily an ego thing for owners at all no. because 
actually owning a sports team seems like a really good investment for me. Like if if I was looking at this and I had the money to put up for something like oh, you that. You don't? I do not. Oh. I, I 2020 is circled on the calendar. I'm hoping okay. maybe I can get into Miller Park before the name change. <laughs> I look at it and I say, "Okay, how could you just do better than investing in a startup and and now you have this like you've got not only the 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 land in the ballpark that you have like physical space that's your retail store right you've got online distribution you've got tv contracts you've got a lot of revenue streams coming in that's just centered around the product i actually think uh whether you're the twins or the royals or you know the revenue sharing teams or if you're the dodgers like i think sports is really good business right now so i guess i'd i'd push back on that point and just say they, I wish that those owners would take some of that profit and say, "Well, the players, the players are helping us create this. Let's share some of the wealth. Let's let's cut this pie up and give them a little bit more of it." I've always looked at owning a sports team as almost equivalent to owning a house in that the operating costs year to year, you might you're probably going to lose a few bucks year in and year out. But when you sell that thing at the end, sure, you're sure, going to recoup yeah. all that yeah. and and then some. That's that's why it's a smart investment. So you're not but you're not a big free agency guy. You're you I'm I'm a select free agency guy. Okay. Do you, you have you pick your spots. Do you have a free agency wish list? I did at the beginning the of the winter. Okay. <laughs> what you just well, one of those guys is still it up out and there. tossed yeah. it out. <laughs> well, when the when relievers started flying off the shelf for what I view as pretty reasonable deals, I was like, well, all right, there goes that idea. <laughs> Crumple up that piece of paper and chuck it. But Bryce Harper was at the top of the list from the start, and the last I checked, Bryce Harper is still unemployed. Yes, he technically, is. Technically, so, so he's still on your wish list. He's looking for work. I, I haven't seen him update his LinkedIn yet with a new uh, working opportunity, and so. Hey, it would still make a ton of sense for just about every single team to get in on the Bryce Harper week. I got a few days. guys on my Twins free agent that, wish that list are still available that I'd like to run by. Let's yeah, hear it. all all starting pitchers. Oh, okay, all starting pitchers. Interesting. I want, yeah, um, Brett Anderson. Okay, thirty-one years old, point nine WAR, mm-hmm. still sitting out there. The next closest guy to him, when you look at how they tier out free agents, is probably Tyson Ross, who just signed a one-year deal with the uh, the Detroit Tigers. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're talking a one-year, couple million. Maybe there's an option on the back side mm-hmm. of that. Um, I I think that's the type of pitcher that would it would make sense if you're looking to fill out the rotation for the Twins. I kind of view the rotation as as okay right now. It's not going to be a great American League rotation, but. If Boreos is who we think that he is, and Kyle Gibson has taken a real provable, demonstrable step forward, then you kind of fill it in with the Martin Perez's, and is Michael Pineda going to be healthy, Jake Odorizzi. I'm kind of cool with their depth as it stands right now. Um, if you, if you, For me, as I was looking at the beginning of the offseason, I said if you're going to address the rotation, aim for the top. Aim for the top and bump everybody back a peg. That's how you fix it or or make it better. I have a guy who could go at the top, but I was going to save him for last. I'll save him because I All think right. I know who it is. But I was like, in in September, I was like, well, is Kershaw going to opt out of his deal? Like, is Zach Granke going to be a tradable asset this winter because of the money left on his deal in Arizona? Those are the types of, you know, shoot for the moon kind of guy. And then your Patrick Corbins. Now that all that stuff is is settled and you can't get in on that, 
I don't know that I'm buying starting pitchers really anymore for the Twins. Wade Miley could follow me from Milwaukee to Minnesota. That's right. You could put in a good word. I could. Yeah. But he had a great year for the Brewers. Really, last really year. good year. Were people expecting that? I, f- I feel like he all. came out of nowhere for me. No, and and I, the pitching coach down there who has since gone to the Reds. Mm-hmm was a wizard and would take guys like Wade Miley, like Junior Guerra, hmm. and and just unlock something with them. And it was usually adding a pitch to their okay. repertoire and just using them in, in different ways than hmm. they'd been used earlier in their careers. I really liked what I saw out of Wade Miley last year. He'd be used to be used used to being used in a in in a way that I think the twins would want to use them when you talk about openers, initial sure. outgetters, late inning sure. outgetters. So it wouldn't be a new or unique situation to him to come here. That's very much how they used him in Milwaukee. My only question is, can he take what was what was taught to him sure. in Milwaukee that unlocked that without the pitching coach and come up here and, and recreate that? I'd heard a little bit of that that in Milwaukee they don't call it an opener. Mm-hmm. Initial uh, outgetters. Initial outgetters. Okay. <laughs> To me, okay, uh, Paul Molitor last year was calling them the primary or the the opener is the first guy who gets outs, but then when he gets yanked after an inning, then it's the primary pitcher who is like right the the classical starter, the guy who would have started the game until uh, us nerds tried to maximize the productivity <laughs> of a twenty five man roster. He called that guy the primary. So I, I I don't know how we're gonna term this yet, but closer was a made up term at one point, yeah, right? It was. So that. There's there maybe there's something to that. Initial out getter. It's a mouthful. I know uh, we got to get to a break. And Dustin Morris from uh, Twins Public Relations is going to be joining us in a few minutes to yeah. talk about Twins Fest and, and a couple other things. So I'll just jump right to the top of my list. And you probably knew where I was going. Dallas Keuchel is still out there, man. Yeah, he I, is. And you talked about adding to the top of the rotation and bumping everybody else down. He's your number one if he comes if he was to come to Minnesota. I look at Dallas Keuchel as first of all probably a multi year contract. And if you look at the the trend of what the twins are doing this winter, it seems like super patently obvious to me that they're trying to avoid commitments beyond this year. Every contract, and this is a this has been a signature of Derek Falvey's time in Minnesota, every single contract has some kind of eject button. Uh, you know, uh Logan Morrison has a as a buyout attached to it. So if he has a bad year, eject. Fernando Rodney, it was a club option, but you traded him, so that was fine. Um, Addison Reed was a two-year deal, still shorter term, but not not the classical eject button. Lance they just, Lynn. Lance Lynn had an eject button because it was only a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Scope, instead of trying to sign a multi-year deal for a guy you think is going to be better than his cost, it's a one-year deal, and then he gets to sail into free agency, good or bad. I think they've just really, one of their signatures is that they love the flexibility of having Brian Dozier on the last year of his deal or Joe Maurer or what all of these things they want to be able to get out from if it turns sour on them. And Dallas Keuchel, to me, Rami, is probably a guy who's not going to sign a contract that's like a one year plus three team options. But aren't we getting to the point where he 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 might just have to accept that? It's, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know what the market's going to be here going forward. There have to be competitive teams who could slot him in. And if Dallas Keuchel's your third best starting pitcher... Things are looking pretty good for you. So I, I would yeah. imagine even the teams that are sort of set on rotation, About if he th- falls into their lap, yeah, it could make sense. I understand not wanting to long term invest in Dallas Keuchel. How about a three year deal? So tell me this about Dallas Keuchel because mm-hmm. here's the bet he doesn't strike out a ton of guys. He's a ground ball lefty. 
does that concern you that that he wouldn't age that well? It's not like he's a it's not like he's an old guy. But do you think that you're getting three good Dallas Keuchel years for the next three? I think you're getting two, and like we just talked about, yeah, two and pay any, for it. Any any time that you, in in today's day and age of free agency in baseball, when when you sign a guy, you almost don't expect him to live up to the value of the contract to the end of the contract. Sure. So if you sign Dallas Keuchel to a three year deal and you get two Dallas Keuchel years out of him, and then there's a slight drop off. You just got to hope somebody else steps up and, and supplements that drop-off. Yeah. Would yeah. you do like three and, what, 70, 75, 25 a year? Three, 25 a year and throw an option onto it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Has anybody seen the numbers? This is this is unprepared radio guy mm-hmm. coming on yeah. here. But it, it is, are there rumored contract numbers? I remember last year we talked so much about the big three or the big four in the starting pitching market and that Lance Lynn's rumored price tag out there was that he was going to be looking for like four and a hundred million dollars or something like that. Clearly he fell short of that when he agreed to a deal with Minnesota. But I, I just, I haven't even seen numbers for Keuchel to know what is that in the, what Manny just threw out. Is that like in the ballpark necessarily of what he's looking for? I, I don't have that answer in front of me. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to do a quick Google search right well, now and I'm not seeing anything. Come look, up I think Dallas Keuchel to me is a good pitcher. This is where we have to start with every free agent conversation. Mm-hmm. A good pitcher who would make the Twins better. Period. And then my crowd, us, us stats nerds, we try to look in like the marginal value of a win and like how much are you paying for that in terms of dollars and years? Is it worth that investment? Like I said earlier, Rami, I don't think you have to win every single negotiation. I don't think you have to win a trade necessarily. If the other team ends up getting a good Ryan Presley, but you get a great Hall of Prospects, it's possible to win on both sides. I think the same thing of free agency. we got to take a break. You were talking before about the players being the product and enhancing the product. That's exactly what Twins Fest and New Jersey's do. We're going to talk about all that with Dustin Morris, Twins uh, Public Relations, right after this is Touch Them All on Score North 1500 and scorenorth.com. Minnesota sports, this is home. Score North. Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. It's Touch Em All on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. Get in on the baseball conversation at 651 646 8255 or tweet us at Score North. I'm Rami Makloff. There's Derek Wetmore. And yes, we're talking baseball on January 23rd. And uh, you can get in on some baseball coming up this weekend at Target Field. It's Twins Fest. And joining us right now to talk some twins and what will be going on at Twins Fest from Twins Public Relations is Dustin Morris. Dustin, welcome to the show. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. I'm good. My head's spinning a little bit because it is a busy week over here at Target Field. You just said it, man. Twins Fest, our winter caravan. We have our Diamond Awards dinner Thursday night. And then, of course, this weekend we'll uh, we'll have a lot of activities and have about 50 players flying in. And I'm responsible for all of that, too, and trying to make sure we don't have any flight cancellations today. So it's busy. And on, t- on top of all that, you guys just went ahead and, and released some new home alternate uniforms today. You're like, we're not busy enough. Let's 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 put this out there. And I don't know what's cooler for for those who haven't seen them. They're navy blue jerseys, red lettering with uh, gold uh, trim around the lettering and the sleeves. 
I think there's some very snazzy looking jerseys, but what I like more than the jerseys is the 3D model that you yeah. can play with when you guys tweeted yeah. it out. I, I'm easily amused, but I, I could I could I could mess around with that all day. I don't even know where I'd go with it, but I could do it all day. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, we we did announce a new alternative home look. I don't know when we'll wear them. It might be Saturday nights, Wednesday games. Okay. It's it all kind of depends on the starting pitcher, but uh, we might have uh, we, we said we could do this 3D kind of a cool digital uh, release of these these uniforms and boy it was a little harder than we thought but it did come together it looks pretty cool you can kind of spin it around and take a look at it and uh, we'll have it on display here at, at Twins Fest the guys will be be wearing awesome. them and I've got a few in my office I'm looking at them right now a couple uh, uh, well Nelson Cruz and Alex Kirloff a couple hey. guys that'll wear them so we got a wide range of players coming this weekend I'm always excited because it is kind of the, the kickoff of of the 2019 season and, and turn the page from, from last year to this year then before you know it, we're in Florida here yeah. I leave February 7th nice yeah Dustin this is Derek uh, the Twins Fest is always like the start of the baseball calendar mm-hmm. for me I, I imagine one of the busy things for you and your team instead of just tracking people this weekend you guys add something every year what is new at Target Field and Twins Fest this year well, there's, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a popular attraction, but the street curling. Yeah, John Schuster, the Olympic gold medalist, <laughs> will be here to kind of teach our guys how to do it and nice. teach our fans. But I've, I've got a few players that have already requested to, to participate in that event. And there's just some, some fun different, uh, you know, boardwalk games, carnival-style stuff, uh, the papa shots and the gender benders and headband games, things like that, that guys are, uh, you know, you get to showcase a little personality and it's not uncommon just to have guys wandering the halls and talking to the kids and signing some autographs. So it's something that, like you said, Derek, it kind of kicks off baseball, gets people excited. You do look at the the weather outside and you're like baseball, but it really <laughs> is inside this uh, in, inside target field. And there's just, uh, there's a lot for everybody. There's, there's, uh, uh, if you're an autograph seeker, obviously all mm-hmm. the guys are are sitting around signing, and there's some different Q Q and A sessions and some 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 ways just to get inside what these guys are thinking, how they prep for the year and the the off season. You know, there is no off season anymore, so these guys are taking time out of their busy schedules from their workouts and their trainers, and some guys are playing winter ball and they're coming up to to do some good and raise some money for the Twins Community Fund. So we don't take it for granted. We're very uh, we're very blessed here to have some players that have bought in over the years and. We, we year after year get great turnouts and this is coming off of you know some of the guys have been out on caravan and and yeah. all over the place we've got guys in Bemidji and Grand Forks tonight Rocco Baldelli's getting a taste of this he came Love in it. I think he's a little shocked at how much we we do and yeah. he's got a, a full schedule this weekend not only you know just with Twins Fest but he's holding a lot of staff meetings uh, some of the guys uh, well actually the entire staff is coming in for Twins Fest but they'll hold some meetings behind closed doors to, to prepare for pitchers and catchers that aren't too far behind Twins Fest. Yeah. Wow. In February. Love it. Yeah. So let's say I'm a Twins fan coming in from out of town, Dustin. I think this is, this probably speaks to a lot of our listeners, uh, both on the radio and then finding it on the podcast later. Uh, putting you on the spot a little bit because I'm sure you don't have his schedule right in front of you. But if I want to know where can I find Nelson Cruz, give me the best answer for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Well, you're going to want to go to our website and see the schedule. The events change. That's the tough part. There's, sure. uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of moving parts. So when guys uh, you have to change their schedule, 
You know, we, it's my job to kind of fill in the, fill in the gaps, but our websites, we, we, I work closely with, with that crew that will update it almost in real time. But, you know, Nelson Cruz is a guy that he is so dedicated to his workout and he had a few things planned early that we could only get him in here for Sunday. Okay. But the good news is he's signing a few, a few different times. Uh, the locations are all listed again on our website, but you know, for, for the most part, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're, they're all available at different times with different groupings and at different price points. But you know, it's it's like I said, it's not uncommon to see the guys at different events uh, playing some of the the games, interactive games with the fans, even just uh, things like Papa Shot and some of the other. These guys get pretty competitive. We have uh, human foosball too, and these guys uh, they do not like to lose. So it's it's kind of fun to hear when they come back to the clubhouse. I'm down there barking out orders, but they come back and they want to do it again because they either lost or they won. And it's a lot of a lot of trash talking, but it's it's a fun event for for all ages too. You know the the uh, the beer garden and some of the adults that want to wander around and see uh, you know some of the the card shows and different memorabilia for sale too. There's a, a lot of collectors that come out and, and find some unique items, and you know the kids get a chance to meet you know all different types of players. We got a lot of young guys that are coming in for the first time. They don't know what Twins Fest is, and, and they're just excited to meet the fans as the fans are to meet them. So, and then you got some some veterans that have been around a while that um, you know kind of know the the same song and dance, and some alumni that that are coming in, Michael Kadire and Joe Nathan and Josh Willingham, some guys from some good teams in the 2000s that will be here. That It's always fun to kind of hear what they've been up to as well. So something for everybody over here at Target Field this weekend. Dustin Morris, Twins PR, joining us here on Touch em All. Uh, two questions. One is a follow-up. What is human foosball? That sounds entertaining <laughs> to me. And and two, I, I know when, when you do events like this, and you want to make it the best event every year. So you, I'm assuming you probably put out surveys of some sort for people who come out to Twins Fest every year and see what's their favorite event, maybe what could what could be improved upon. I, I don't know if you want to reveal this, but if if you're willing to, what is the 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 hands down winner in terms of people's favorite event at Twins Fest or the best Q and A guy? What what's the highest rated thing that you guys have at Twins Fest on on a yearly basis? Well, good good question. Yeah, it's it's a lot of planning. I mean, this this is uh, boy twenty thirty people over here at Target Field that that prep and plan and and do survey some of our fan base our t- our season ticket base on what they like and what they don't like and and of course we ask for player feedback too because we're asking them to participate in most of these things and it's um it's a combination you know i think the the autograph sessions do drive the event everybody likes to walk away with something that they can put on their wall so that's that's always going to be a staple over here and we make that a, a big part of the event but we started realizing that a lot of our players had had personalities that that uh, we wanted to showcase. So it's some of those some of those games that change each year. But it's you know it's it's the uh, the family feud style game, the Jeopardy that that the fans can participate, but also just watch you know some of these guys joke around and share some laughs and, and get competitive. Obviously, they want to win. So there's things like that. And then a few years back, we we kind of changed. Uh, we're, we're limited here with our space, obviously indoor space at Target field so it has changed from the days at the metrodome but we tried to make the most up in the atriums and thought uh, more of a a boardwalk carnival style um you know the, the giant jengas and and tic-tac-toe and this human foosball has been a very popular this guys uh you know picture a foosball table and and the players are the guys and they can't take their <laughs> arms off the the bar and they got to try to kick it in in the goal so it's it's usually you know 
four players on each side and a, and a couple kids participating and and it's a it's a fun thing to watch and I think it's it's actually one of the more fun things the guys get to do as yeah. well. So there's really I mean it, it it's just there's a lot of different events throughout the weekend and and the, the best part for me is guys are talking baseball. You know everybody's out there. The, the media is you know getting their their stories with each of the guys. So it's it's good reading and good twins buzz throughout the week and and leading into into a spring training and you know it's now one of those things where the rosters too aren't even as, as set as we'd like them to be so uh, as we move through our media guide and and trying to yeah. prepare for spring training you just you just never really know when the roster is set so right. everything's kind of got pushed back a little bit uh, we feel pretty good with our group our group that's in play now but part of my job is to kind of monitor the the schedule free agency and and what what people like Derek are writing about the twins and just make sure I'm up to speed on, on what he thinks we should do. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I got a list for you, Dustin, if you got <laughs> time. Uh, hey, we got to change gears here real quick, but I know it, correct me if I'm wrong. You got your start working at the hall of fame in Cooperstown. And yeah, correct. so you'd have a unique perspective on this. I want to ask you about Mariano Rivera. First unanimous selection. You guys did something really cool when he came through Target Field in his final year with the Yankees and, and gave him a chair constructed yeah. entirely of broken bats, which is just a hilarious but also really thoughtful gift. How'd that come to be? Who who pushed that across the finish line? Yeah, the chair of broken dreams, we call it. <laughs> uh, it uh, yeah, Mario had, had a had a I mean, he, he could saw off some bats, and we really struggled, you know, facing Mariano over the years. So uh, when he came through Target Field for the last time, we had a group, a small group that, that came together on what's the right thing to do for, for Mariano. And, and to tell you the truth, Ron Gardenhire at the time kind of, you know, came up with the, the rocking chair idea, retirement symbol, I guess, if you will. And, and then we kind of started taking it a step further. Well, we could make that chair out of bats. And so we dug, uh, dug in the archives and found, sure enough, enough broken bats from you know probably some of them from Mariano and sure. and had a, a company put together a chair and and I think it really it really did mean something to Mariano because he shared a, a picture of of the chair on his porch uh, somewhere oh that, wow that he actually at least used it for a short period of time and uh, hope maybe it's still on display I don't know but it was I think a cool tribute to, to Mariano you, you got to respect uh, his yeah. greats I mean as much as he frustrated me as an employee and sitting there watching some of our guys <laughs> trying to hit that cutter, it was just, uh, I mean, he was he was amazing. But I, I, I put out a tweet yesterday. There was a moment in, in time, I, I could not believe it happened, but we were in Yankee Stadium and Mariano came in and Jason Kubel was up with the bases loaded and, and he took that cutter in, into the right field porch for yeah. a grand slam and, and it was just like, wait, what just happened? That's so, not supposed to happen. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, one of the few times we actually, we, we got Mariano, but... Uh, I was actually I had a little group text. I sent that to to a lot of that uh, that team, you know, Tommy and Kubel and Kadire and Nathan oh. and Maurer and and Morneau and Hunter and, and the the text exchange back and forth were pretty good about Kubel and his quick hands and, and Mariano didn't stand a chance against Kubel's <laughs> that left-handed stroke. So yeah. it was pretty good. Love it. That's Dustin Morris, Twins Public Relations. If you want to find out more about Twins Fest, get tickets, full schedule details, tickets up at twins.com. Dustin, really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Thanks, Enjoy Dustin. It, Enjoyed it. Thank you. Love talking baseball, Derek Wetmore. It's, you mentioned it, I think, I mean, what, January 23rd? Yeah. And forget about it. I, I love fan fests, just anything baseball. Twins Any- Fest is the start of the baseball calendar for me. I then turn my eyes to Fort Myers, and then Fort Myers is like the greatest thing ever. And then after that, it's, I always say this, we can talk about this another time, Robbie, yeah. but I don't really like opening day. 
in the major leagues. I, th- I think it's kind of... A lot of people feel that way. Yeah, it's just kind of like, like amateur hours. Right. You show up to the ballpark to get your picture taken and then go. Yeah. But my favorite day of the baseball year, game number two. It's like, here we go. We got six months, seven months of baseball in front of us. Let her rip. I feel I feel that way about attending, but I I I I love opening day. Like I am okay. glued to my TV on opening day. But I get what you're saying about attending the event. It's almost like New Year's Eve. It's sure. amateur hour. It's a bunch resolution, pe- right? It's, and-, and it's just a bunch of people who are out to drink <laughs> right. and party and and don't even really know why. Hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Sign me up. You want Target- to know, know why I love opening day? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because. It opens the door for immediate overreaction. <laughs> right. Like That's it's right. game yep. one of 162. And if your team starts out 0 and 1, like everybody's like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. They got to fix this, fix that. And what's the change stat? this, you know, get rid of this guy and trade this guy, send well, that guy down. You know, and, the football equivalency, right? It's like, what is it, three minutes of the first quarter of the first game of the season or something like yeah. that? I, I don't remember exactly what it is mathematically, but it's like baseball filters out that kind of take over yeah. time. You, you can only have that for so long and still be come up with fresh new stuff. It's 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 made over six months, and that's my favorite part. One thing about baseball that I, I love and hate both at the same time are Hall of Fame debates. We'll get into that a little Ooh. bit after this. And there has been some Twins news over the last week. Derek, what more has that for you? I'm Rami Makhlouf. It's Touch Em All, and we're back right after this on Score North, 1500, scorenorth.com. You- Score North, Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. Touch them all on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. I'm Rami Makhlouf along with Derek Wetmore. It's your favorite baseball podcast. Just put on actual airwaves and at scorenorth.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Score North. And uh, we're going to get into some twins news here in just one second. But Derek, are you one to engage in Hall of Fame debates that rage on every year since the steroid era or no? Yeah, I think I heard Matthew Collar's point yesterday Mm -hmm. on the on the midday show that it's just tiring i i don't know what it is about it but it's like the same conversation sort of rehashed each year and two sides that probably aren't gonna find middle ground on a number of these guys barry bonds what's the middle ground there you're isn't either, one. Just keep either, him out. You're either he's in. Oh, wow. So we got something to talk about here then. I was going to say, like, you either view him as the best player in baseball history and uh-huh. you want him in, or you view him as a dirty cheater who ruined the game or tried to ruin the game and keep him out. Neither one yes. of those sides is going to be right. Right. I know. You, Rami, which side do you fall on? You just left you it know, such I'm a mystery. I'm kind of undecided. I, I get tired of the whole like that combativeness year after year after year after year. But like, look, the class that's going in this year, the class that went in last year, excellent classes, great players. It's 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 a fun time of year because we get to talk about baseball here. Uh, it's kind of weird doing it in the middle of the season, so I kind of like this. And to me. I just don't get too invested in, like, is this guy in or not? I don't need a group of baseball writers to tell me that Adrian Be- Adrian Beltre had a great career. Like, right. he's just an excellent third baseman that played while I was paying attention to baseball. As far as guys who did get in, and if if you didn't hear, it was Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, Mike Messina. Three of those guys, to me, are are easy, and they got the three most votes. Rivera, Halladay, Martinez, all, no doubt, Hall of Famers in my book. The only thing Martinez had working against him was he was a DH. Sure. And there's been a bias against DHs getting into the Hall of Fame over the years. I really, 
I don't get Mike Messina on on yeah. on on one level that I just don't know that he was Hall of Fame level in terms of the 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 player that he was, and also am I am I crazy or didn't he have his own PED thing? Um, did Mike, have, Manny, do you remember this? So did Mike, did remember, Mike Messina have his own PED controversy? I know Andy Pettit know. had the HGH thing, which sometimes trips me up. I think, oh, who was that? Like excellent Yankees pitcher who had now Andy Pettit did. And I believe that was in New York. Um, for me, I look at Messina sort of the same way as like, I'm not sure. And my whole stance around me is like, if it's not a slam dunk, why are we talking about it? I think this I did. Sh- I think I did the same thing you did. I think I mixed be, up Andy Pettit and Mike Messina. We're careful yeah, tossing right. around accusations like that. He's a hall of fame. <laughs> my bad guy. Mike Messina. So th- I don't know. Like I didn't grow up watching him pitch for the Orioles. So maybe I'm missing something, but you look at the numbers and you think, well, He's a good player. He had a he had a really good career, but to me, you draw the line at is it obvious? Is it uh you didn't you wouldn't even question like maybe you'd look at Roy Halladay's numbers and career-wise is he the greatest pitcher of all time? No, but you're like watching Roy Halladay through his time, especially in Toronto and then later with the Phillies, you're just like, yeah, this is one of the best pitchers in baseball forever. He is a Hall of Famer. You could say obviously the same thing about Edgar Martinez as a DH. I don't think that there's a ton of debate about Mariano Rivera as the greatest closer of all time. No. But to me, it's like, was it a slam dunk? And Mike Messina to me is not a slam dunk. At the same time, Rami, I don't get worked up about it. I'm like, okay, 75% of a bunch of qualified people think that he is. Okay, he is. That's fine. You guys do what you're going to do with your club. I don't get so uh, rankled about is this guy in? Is this guy not in? I do wonder how qualified those people are, though, when Mariano Rivera is the first ever 100% vote getter for the for his first Hall of Fame class, sure, or his first Hall of Fame chance. I mean, right, different reasons for a lot of different guys. There are some people who draw the distinction of, is he a first ballot guy, or I'll vote for him next year, or I'll vote, I'll keep this guy off because I know there are 10 deserving candidates, and i got to vote for them all to keep them on the ballot. See another year. Moe's going to get in without me. I think that was the Griffey thing, right? Griffey doesn't need my vote to get into the Hall of Fame. So maybe I'll vote idiotic. for him. Well, they set up their little rules of a limit of 10, and here you are. This is why I don't get too riled up about it, because it's so arbitrary. We just, what, we decided this is the group that votes on them, and that's great. They've got their history. I think that means something. We also just sort of said, hey, 10, and this is how it works. We just invented these rules, and now we live by them as if they were like handed down on stone tablets. Like, okay, what? I don't get worked up for or against pretty much any of these players, to be honest with you. I don't have a huge issue with Mike Mussina getting in, but I think what kind of bothers me about him getting in is the. I think the team that he spent the second half of his career with, I think, aids in sort of this idea that he should be in especially getting in like the Yankee now. lore yeah just yeah. sort of well he pitched for the Yankees and but it's like you look at his years with the Yankees he really wasn't that great that's what I'm Yankees. saying his, his best years were with the Orioles and I think there are two ways to get in you can either be a very good player for a very long time Adrian Beltre or like I was kind of disappointed to see Johan Santana fall off the ballot because the other way you get in is being the best player at yeah. your spot and do it for maybe a shorter amount of time. There, there are tons of guys in the Hall of Fame who don't have the huge long track record. They were just, oh yeah, that guy's a Hall of Famer. And you remember I how think, good he was? And I think Johan Santana at his peak 
was better than what Mike Mussina ever was Agreed. at any point in his career. I agree. And it's 100%. not even close. Johan, not Johan's even close. off the ballot now because he didn't yeah. get to the minimum threshold. And that's, like that. that's, the, that's, the, that's the tough part. Yeah, that stuff. That's why I try not to get too worked up about Because there's something every year to get worked up about. Does it say more about Mariano Rivera that he was the first to get the 100% of the vote or more about the Baseball Writers Association of America that he got 100%, that they finally came to their senses? Is that why he got 100% well, of the vote? you see Royce yesterday? Patrick Royce on yeah. Twitter said, I was really glad that I didn't accidentally check the wrong box. I, I got Mo. Because otherwise he would have been the one guy you know, keeping him out. He said that yesterday on Mackie and Judd okay, with Robbie. Yeah, yeah. We rap with Royce every day around 545. Nice. He said the same thing on the show yesterday and the thought ran through my head like, do you think somebody missed out on being the first 100% vote getter in the sure. past because <laughs> a writer just filled yeah. in the wrong box? Oh, shoot. I meant to vote for Griffey and I accidentally checked Jamie Moyer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie Moyer deserved that vote, too. We got a few uh, twins news and notes we got to get to before we wrap it up here on Touch Em All. First of all, uh, Martin Perez, Martin reliever, Perez. signed away from the uh, Texas Rangers. What can you tell us about Martin well, Perez? Well, I think he's going to come to Canada camp as a starter and they'll figure out if he fits into the rotation it's uh, one of those classic falvey deals it's not a long-term commitment it's it's not a marriage they're just going out on a few dates this is a one-year deal so the classic eject button if it doesn't go well lefty throws kind of hard had the weird injury last year so i don't i don't really look at his numbers and say this is who he is but what i try to do with that case is look in the past three seasons what has he been and if you're an ERA person, he's like he's probably a four and a half to five ERA guy. Still pretty young. He's going to be 28, I think, in April. So the Twins are basically just buying some starting rotation depth, uh, or, or maybe he slides to the bullpen as a lefty. But it's, I mean, it's kind of an underwhelming move to me. I, I talked about it on the latest uh, Touch 'Em All podcast. You can find that episode. We basically spent the whole time talking about Martin Perez. I just. It's it's uninspiring, but it also makes their team better, and uh, they're they're making one of those short term commitments and say, hey, let's try and buy some 2019 wins for cheap. Jose Barrios is uh, throwing bullpen sessions already back home on the ranch, and this yeah. is this is a change in his off season programs of yeah. the past. Isn't no, it not? that's right. Yeah, Barrios is a guy who wants it, and you'll find that about him. He is he's 24 or 25, and he has the maturity of a 45 year old. He wants it like. Workouts, he's not going to miss one. Nutrition, he's not going to miss anything. Sleep, he's dialed in. Family, he's dialed in. He's one of those guys that's just like all everything. And I think he's drawn criticism in the past for, bud, you can come to spring training in February and start to build it up a little bit. You don't need to be throwing bullpens on Thanksgiving. So he's burned himself out too early in the past. Or that's been that's been the assumption. That's the outside sort of speculation. And I thought that last year, frankly. I, I think he hit a period and I'd have to go back and look at the the game logs, but I think it was if memory serves, like late July or maybe into August, where he just seemed tired. He wasn't the same guy. He didn't have the same jump on the fastball. He didn't have the same life on the breaking stuff that he just he wasn't an ace, and the Twins were sort of counting on him to be an ace. I had speculated, is that because he gets started so early? Kind of like it that if he's starting now, great. Dude, you still got a lot of runway to get ready to go for opening day because as it stands right now, Jose Barreo's probably your opening day starter for the Minnesota Twins. He seems as a guy too, Derek, and I don't know if you agree with me on this or not. I tend to think you might, but he seems like a guy that really like lives on every single pitch that he throws to. Like he sure. wants he's like a perfectionist. To your point about the work ethic and everything, he's like a perfectionist <laughs> on his pitch and 
if he misses something and it gets, you know, it's a dribbler to, through the through the shortstop hole into you know into left field for a single, like he just it really bugs him. It really bugs him, and sometimes that can get him into a little bit of trouble because he thinks about it too much. Yeah, I think there's something to that, the being able to move on mentally immediately. Yeah. The, the best pitchers in the world to be like, well, gave up a screaming double. Don't care. I'll get the next guy. And I I don't know. I, I'm not inside Barrios' head to know that, but I think that there is this maturity process of learning that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And dude, it, you almost just like want to tell him in the middle of a game and you'll see a pitching coach stop the game right when you want to go tell Barrios. <laughs> the pitching coach will be like, ah, hang on a second. We got something here. And that is, it's okay. Yeah. You got the bases loaded with two outs. Guess who's in a tough spot? The next hitter who has to face you. Mm-hmm. That's a pressure spot for him. He's got to drive his teammates in. You've got filthy stuff. It's okay. And I think sometimes he probably does dial that up a little too much. So the next evolution, if there is one for Braille, it's let your stuff play up. Mm-hmm. Get through a full season healthy, like I'm sort of talking about pacing yourself. And then... If you give up a scream and double the leadoff it's guy, okay. that's fine, man. Go get the next guy. It's still hard to score a run in the major leagues against a good pitcher. I think there's probably more in the tank for Braille's, and I do think you're going to see it in 2019. We've got about a minute and a half left in the show, but want to touch on this. Speaking of offseason programs, the Twins are letting Miguel Sano skip the winter caravan to play in the uh, where is he playing? I'm sorry, uh, Dominican, Dominican Winter League. That's got, right. They got their like championship series. Yeah, coming the playoffs up. are coming mm-hmm. up. Are you are you good with that? Or yeah. would okay. Plate appearances is the most important thing. Conditioning, take your job seriously. Miguel Sano, I think, is doing that. And at the same time, you can say the Twins now are fully in his camp. They're fully in his corner. They're not going to make him do this marketing thing this weekend. That's, don't get me wrong, a ton of fun. But is it as valuable for him on March 28th to have played human foosball or to have faced someone nasty in the ninth inning of a you know title-clinching game? I'd much rather have the second if I was the Twins. Now the spotlight turns to Miguel. Did you get the sense as somebody who's around this team day in and day out that last year that it it set in for him when you talk about those things, about taking the game seriously and conditioning and being a professional, essentially? I think last year was really hard on Miguel. I mean, he had the injuries, and he was the center of all criticism. All last winter, we were talking about him for off-the-field stuff, and there was this potential suspension looming. I think it was a really tough season for him probably going to be nothing but beneficial for him and for the twins to sort of just have a regular off season where you just go play baseball get get ready to play march 28th if you're there i think the twins are going to be happy that's Derek wetmore find his work at scorenorth.com here the touch them all podcast at scorenorth.com i'm rami mackloff i'll be back later today for Mackie and judd with rami score north live with matthew collar coming up next on score north 1500 and scorenorth.com 